This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. If you'd like to send me an email, Exxon at Exxon Radio TV. Check out our radio website at www.exxonradiotv.com. And for all the programming we have for you available on the Exxon Broadcast Network 24 7 365, check it out at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Michael Cremo. He is also known as the Forbidden Archaeologist. He is hailed as a groundbreaking research pioneer and international authority on archaeological anomalies. His landmark bestseller, Forbidden Archaeology, first published in 1993, already translated into 26 languages, challenged the very foundation of Darwinism, evolution. Michael continues to, and if you'll excuse the pun, dig up and ignite uh, discoveries in the fossil record and shake up accepted uh, paradigms exploring famous archaeological sites around the world, journeying to sacred places in India, appearing on national television shows in the United States or other countries, lecturing at mainstream science conferences, or speaking to alternative gatherings of global intelligentsia. Uh, As he crosses disciplinary and cultural boundaries, he presents to his various audiences a compelling case for negotiating a new consensus on the nature of reality. His website, www.mcremo.com. And Michael Cremo, welcome back to the Exxon, sir. Good to be with you, Rob, and all your listeners. You are one busy man. You know, last week alone, I saw you on three different shows on three different channels. Yeah, people seem to be interested in hearing about what I've got to say about this whole topic. Well, you know, that's because you're one of the very few people in established academia, who's willing to go against the the flow? You, sir, are a salmon in a world of soothsayers. Yeah, 
you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes it gets me into trouble, but <laughs> if uh, I didn't get into trouble every once in a while, I really couldn't call my topic forbidden archaeology. Yeah. If people didn't try to forbid me from time to time. You know, I remember the first time I had you on the show many years ago and we discussed your book, Forbidden Archaeology, and I got off the show and I said, my God, here's a man who tells it as it is. He's just not saying that Christopher Columbus discovered America like a lot of academia, but you're not afraid to say the truth. Yeah, and I, I, I think the problem is, you know, if, if we look at what mainstream science mm-hmm. says about human origins and antiquity, they would say human beings like us first appeared less than 200,000 years ago, having evolved from more primitive ape-like human ancestors. And they give the impression that all the scientific evidence ever discovered supports that idea. But if you really look into the whole history of archaeology, as I've done, you'll find there are many reports of archaeologists and other scientists who dig into the earth, finding human bones, human artifacts, human footprints that go much further back in time than 200,000 years ago, in some cases, many millions of years. But this evidence is not very well known because it's not there in today's textbooks. You have to dig into the original scientific reports to find out about these things or go into the museums and look not just at what they have on display Mm -hmm. for the public, but what they've got in their storerooms. In the 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 off-the-beaten-track areas of the museums, that's where the most interesting... Uh, artifacts are found. Michael, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And Exonation, my um, guest this hour is Michael Cremo. His website is mcremo.com. That's mcremo.com. And Michael and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Just a quick programming note. Starting this Thursday... Roberta Grimes joins the Exome Broadcast Network, and her show, Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, will be airing every day on our broadcast schedule that can be found at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're heard around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Sirius Digital Network, and, of course, iHeartRadio. I'll be back with Michael Cremo. Don't go away. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good to Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation Michael Cremo is our guest. www.mcremo.com is his website. 
Michael, what is the usual uh, explanation for the origin of human beings, and how does your evidence relate to it? Well, most scientists today believe that human beings like us, Homo sapiens, first came into existence less than 200,000 years ago. And before Mm -hmm. that, they would say there were only more primitive ape-like human ancestors. But the evidence that I've documented in my books, like Forbidden Archaeology, shows that scientists have discovered human bones, human artifacts, and human footprints going much further back in time than 200,000 years. Uh, In some cases, the evidence goes back many millions Mm. of years. For example, there's a case I wrote about recently in a column that I write for Atlantis Rising magazine. This is a, a discovery that was made in 1874 in Virginia City, Nevada. There's uh, silver mines there. Well, yep. one of them, one of the mines is called the Ophir Mine. O P H I R, Ophir Mine. And in 1874, there was a federal judge there, A. W. Baldwin, and he witnessed a human skull being taken out from layers of rock 300 feet deep in that mine. And the skull was sent to a scientist in California, Dr. J.D. Whitney, who was the chief government geologist of California, and he studied it. And one of his assistants, a, a Dr. James Blake, made a report about this human skull that was found in the Ophir mine in California. He made his report to the California Academy of Sciences. Now, modern geologists tell us that the silver-bearing deposits in those mines in uh, Virginia City, Nevada, date back to the Middle Miocene period. Uh, that that is a geological period that goes back many millions of years, and the Middle Miocene would be about 15 million years ago. So you've got evidence of an anatomically modern human skull being found in layers of rock 15 million years old. Wow. Now, if there were just one or two of, of cases of cases like this, mm-hmm. maybe you could dismiss them or sweep them away and just say the majority of the evidence supports the other view. But as I've shown in my work, there's not just one or two of these cases. There are hundreds of cases like this that have been removed from the scientific record by what I call a process of knowledge filtration that operates in the world of science. So what does all this mean? Well, you know, it means we need new explanations for the questions, who are we and where did we come from? Most scientists today believe that human beings like us or any other type of living thing is just a machine made of matter, a machine made of 
molecules. Mm -hmm. That's what they would say we are. And as far as consciousness is concerned, they'd say, well, that's just a temporary byproduct of bioelectrical activity in the brain. And at the time of death, when the chemicals in the brain become disorganized, there is no more consciousness. I don't accept that. I think consciousness has its own independent existence apart from matter. Mm -hmm. Consciousness is never created. It's never destroyed. It exists in a timeless fashion. It's eternal, if you want to use that word. So that's what we really are, I believe. We are all conscious selves that come from a higher level of reality. And when we come to this world, the world of matter, when we come down from that level of pure consciousness, we need vehicles made of matter in which to function on this level of reality. And that's what the human body or any other type of body, animal body, plant body, insect body, bird body, that's what it is, a vehicle for a conscious self, a vehicle for a soul, if you want to use that word, that has come down to this level of reality. And I think that human vehicle is not an accident of evolution that came about fairly recently. That human vehicle has always been there for conscious selves who come to this level of reality to enable them ultimately to restore consciousness to its original pure state beyond the world of matter. And you know, there's a lot of scientific there's a lot of scientific evidence that supports this idea that there is a conscious self that's different from the brain, different from the body made of matter. This evidence comes from medical studies of out of body experiences, psychiatric studies of past life memories, and things like that. So, although we started out talking about stones and bones, uh, indicating there's a human presence going back many millions of years on this planet. The real significance of that is that we need new understandings and of, of who we are and where we came from. And I think those new understandings of who we are and where we came from have to involve consciousness as something that exists separately from matter. But why hide this? Why hide this in plain sight? Why suppress this information? Doesn't the public have the right to know? I believe the public does have a right to know, but you know, there are many reasons for this process of knowledge filtration as I call it. Mm-hmm. One of them is it's just human nature. You know, for example, if I love someone and someone tells me something bad about the person I love, I don't want to believe it. I, I may even become angry at the person who tells me these things. So today, scientists, they're very much in love with their theories. And when they hear something that 
radically contradicts the theory that they're so much in love with, Mm -hmm. they tend to react in a very negative way. And I think it also has to do with power. You know, there's different kinds of power in the world. There's military power, there's political power, there's economic power. There's also intellectual power, which is a very subtle power, but a very real one nevertheless. And we see that those who have power, especially those who have monopoly power, don't like to give it up very easily. And the supporters of the now dominant Darwinian evolutionary explanation of human origins have a government-enforced monopoly in the education systems of most countries all around the world so that only their ideas can be taught. So it's a good position to be in, and I can understand why they would want to keep that position. But I think there's an even deeper reason for it. And it has to do with the fact that if people become convinced that they are purely material beings, that they are machines made of molecules in competition with each other for survival in competing groups on this planet, then the goals and values of such people become extremely materialistic. They will think that to produce and consume more and more material things is the main purpose of human life. And all of that material production and consumption that billions of people are engaged in generates tremendous amounts of wealth that flow in an unfair way into the pockets of certain classes of people in society. So there's a whole system of financial and political and cultural and scientific institutions that are based on this whole concept of defining our existence in a very materialistic way. And, you know, they don't want to see that change. If we had another idea Mm -hmm. that was dominant in the education system, namely that, hey, we're all beings of pure consciousness, we're all related to each other, Uh, our main purpose in life is to develop the resource of consciousness, we would have an entirely different kind of society, an entirely different kind of civilization where people would be trying to satisfy their material needs in the most simple, natural, fair, and efficient way possible while putting most of their human energy into developing the resource of consciousness. So I think there are forces in the world that wouldn't like to see that. They want to keep things going the way they are. And what does that lead to? It leads to environmental destruction. It leads to conflict on all levels of human society as we compete for the control of scarce material resources. Mm -hmm. 
uh, that's the kind of world we're confronted with. But it all starts out with the sense of identity. So I would say if things are going to change, you first have to change our sense of identity. So we've been lied to. The lie continues. Society is suffering at the hands not of the New World Order, but of the scientific community. And what does that tell us about academia in general? Are we being lied to on different levels by all levels of academia just because they don't want to disrupt disrupt the status quo? Well, I would say that they they wouldn't see that that's what they're doing, although that's the practical effect yeah. of it. And, you know, what, what, what I find objectionable is not that any individual person accepts, say, the, a materialistic, Darwinian, evolutionary concept about our origins. Uh, if some individual actually thinks about it and they decide, well, that's what makes most sense to me, that's fine. I All think right. each individual has a right to do it. Michael, what they stand don't by. have a right to do is force it on everyone else. Right, so what they're basically saying is don't rock the boat. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. 
Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Exonation, Michael Cremo is our special guest, www.mcremo.com. And uh, Michael is the author of such books as Forbidden Archaeology, Human Devolution, My Science, My Religion. His website, filled with information. You know, Michael, it, it, it maddens me to, to just believe how many lies have been perpetrated by those that we trust the most, our scientists, our archaeologists, our, the people who, who we have entrusted with the, the legacy of this planet. How do we get around it? One thing to keep in mind is that there are people within the scientific community who are proposing alternatives to the now dominant theories okay but they are in the minority they're in the minority and somehow or other the scientists who are in the majority mm -hmm. in the scientific world they've managed to convince governments to give them an absolute monopoly in the education system which has the effect of marginalizing the opinions of others within the scientific world uh, who may have evidence-based understandings of the real nature of things that are quite different than what's being proposed by the majority. 
But as I said, the majority has convinced governments to give them an absolute monopoly, which has the effect of turning people away from these alternative ideas. And, you know, it's something that we wouldn't normally tolerate in any other area of human endeavor. Mm -hmm. For example, in history, we could say, okay, uh, the United States of America is a majority Christian country. So in the textbooks about the history of the United States, we're only going to mention Christianity. That's all there is to it. Uh, And all the other minority faiths and religions like Judaism or Hinduism Mm -hmm. or Islam even, they're not going to be mentioned at all. So we wouldn't tolerate that normally. No, we yeah, wouldn't. We, we'd say, no, there's freedom of religion in this country, there's freedom of expression, mm-hmm. and the real fact is, even though America has historically been a majority Christian country, these other faiths have always been there right from the very beginning, and they should be mentioned. And practically speaking, that's what we see happens. But in the world of science, we don't see that. We don't see the alternatives being mentioned, even though they may be held by a minority of scientists. I I don't think that's any reason for them to be excluded. I think the textbooks that are used and the tax-supported public education systems should include the diversity of opinion that actually is there in the scientific world about important questions like the origin of the human species, but, for but example, you, you, or the origin of consciousness. You, you said, and I think if that were done, mm-hmm. that, that would be a good thing. We'd gradually see some changes. But we're not dealing with questions here. We're being told that these are facts. And if we're being lied to, those who are perpetrating the act of lying and those who are supporting those people in that act should be held accountable. Yes, I believe that's true. Of course, uh, there's so many problems that countries are facing these days. Sometimes it's it's hard for people to give mm-hmm. attention to these other kinds of of, of questions, but it is a fact. You know, there have been Gallup surveys that have been done showing that, for example, in the United States, most people, 70% or more of the American people, do not accept the Darwinian evolutionary explanation of human origins, despite the fact that the supporters of that theory are in complete control of the education system. Uh, they haven't been able to persuade this vast majority of American people about their views. So I think at a certain point, you know, maybe when a lot of the political and economic problems Mm -hmm. we're facing are dealt with, maybe that majority of American people will ask their political representatives to do something about these other questions. So that 
that would be something to look forward to in terms of a solution to the problem that's there mm-hmm. in today's education system. Let me ask you let me ask you this Michael. Is it possible that people just don't think that this is important enough that we forget the past and we just plow into the future? Well, I I think we should understand that it does have implications for all of us mm-hmm. because Our goals and our values are rooted in our conception of self. If I think I'm an American man, then I behave like that. So our goals, our values, our objectives are rooted in our conception of self. And if we allow people, other people, to dictate to us our conception of self, then we're turning over our goals and values and objectives to whoever it is that is dictating that conception of self. And the conception of self that is being dictated to us now by the scientists who are in control of our education system it's, it's been summarized by a British evolutionary scientist named Richard Dawkins. He, he summarized it very nicely. He said, you want to know who you are? We are survival machines, robot vehicles blindly programmed to preserve the selfish molecules known as genes. So, you know, that's what children are being taught, you know, when they go to the education system today that they're survival machines, robot vehicles blindly programmed to preserve selfish molecules called genes. And a whole civilization has been based on that, and we're suffering the results of that. Uh, One manifestation of that is the destruction of the environment. Mm -hmm. Another manifestation of it is the intense levels of conflict that we see on all levels of human society, conflict among individuals, conflict among classes, races, genders, nations, religions. It's all there. And another way that we see it is the unfair way in which resources and wealth are distributed so that it, it all flows into those, the pockets of those, who are most successful in in gaming the system to their own benefit. So where these questions, in one sense, seem like very abstract for some armchair or ivory tower intellectuals to debate about, uh, they have very real world impacts on all of our lives. Michael, What is your alternative to the Darwinian theory of human evolution? I laid that out in my book, Human Devolution. And in that book, I propose, before we even ask the question, where did human beings come from? Mm -hmm. We should first of all ask the question, what is a human being? And as I've said repeatedly, most scientists today are telling us that we are just machines made of molecules. We're purely material beings. And as far as 
consciousness goes, that's just bioelectrical activity in the brain that will uh. cease at the time of death. Now, I don't believe that. I don't Nor accept do I. that. I think Nor there's I. more to a human being than molecules. I believe there's a subtle mind element mm -hmm. which has some very unusual powers like remote viewing and telepathy and things of that nature. And beyond that, there is a conscious self which is completely different from the brain, different from the body, independent of matter. So I think we have to understand that, first of all, that the real essence of each of us is the conscious self. And that conscious self is neither created nor destroyed. It, it exists eternally. Originally, it exists, I believe, on a higher level of reality. I call the level of pure consciousness. So I would say that as conscious beings, we have not evolved up from matter, as the Darwinists would have us believe, but rather we have devolved or come down from the level of pure consciousness. And matter does not produce consciousness, but consciousness can come into contact with matter. It can become covered by matter. And when it's covered by matter, it becomes limited in so many ways. It becomes limited by birth and death and old age and disease. So the actual purpose of human life, I believe, is to restore consciousness to its original pure state beyond the world of matter, beyond birth and death. But how do we do that, Michael? How do we do that if the majority of the population has already been brainwashed? Well, as we see, most people are not convinced about the things they're being taught in the education system that is now being controlled by you know, scientists who have another idea. But they're not doing so anything about that, it. That's fortunate. And people have alternative sources of information, mm -hmm. like this radio show, for example. So people have alternative methods of communication. Right. And they're not limited to what is being forced on them in the education system. They can learn themselves about things. And there are different systems of yoga and meditation and contemplation and different systems like that that can be found in practically all of the world's great wisdom traditions for getting practical realization of one's identity apart from matter. So those are things that anyone can take up. It would be better I would say, if our institutions, our educational and scientific institutions and cultural institutions, political institutions, were all organized on the basis of this understanding. All right, Michael, stand but by. I've got to take my that, news break. Exonation, Michael Cremo and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, 
the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Exonation Michael Cremos, our special guest, www.mcremo.com. Michael, what has been the response from mainstream science to your claims? Basically, there are three responses because you know, I find in practice you know, the scientific world is not completely monolithic. There's one group of scientists that I call the fundamentalist materialist. Mm -hmm. They are very much committed to the currently dominant scientific theories, especially the theories related to the origin of life and the origin of the human species, the Darwinian evolutionary theories. And their commitment is based not so much on science itself, but upon ideology. They have a prior commitment to atheism and materialism and related concepts, which make them accept these theories in a very dogmatic way. And they don't like what I say very much. They don't want to hear it. They don't want others to hear it. Sometimes, you know, I'm scheduled to give a lecture at a university and scientists in this category will go to the administration of the university, try to get the lecture canceled. Mm. Sometimes they succeed in doing that. So that's one reaction. There's another group of scientists that are committed to the dominant theories, but for more or less scientific reasons, which means they're willing to listen to alternatives. They're willing to listen to evidence that may contradict the now dominant theories. And it's scientists in this category who have accepted my proposals to present papers at mainstream scientific conferences on archaeology and other scientific topics. Actually, I've presented over 30 papers about my work at mainstream international scientific conferences. And they're included in my most recent book, My Science, My Religion, is a collection of 24 such papers. So that's another group of scientists. And I think it's, you know, they may not agree with me, but they're willing to listen. And I think that's an important first step, because if ideas are going to change, the first step is that scientists have to be willing to listen to new evidence, new ideas. And fortunately, there are some like that. Now, among that group, 
there are some who actually agree with me, who are persuaded by the kinds of things that I talk about. There are very few in number, I'll have to be honest and admit, at the present moment, but uh, they are there. So those are basically the three kinds of reactions I get to my work from these different categories of people within the scientific world. Well, let's, let's step outside of the scientific world. What about the different religious philosophies? How do they, how do they accept your work? Well, you know, my approach is to not claim a monopoly on truth. I think exclusive claims mm-hmm. to truth in the world of religion are something that is the cause of a lot of needless conflict, I'd have to say. So my approach to these questions have been to emphasize points of commonality. In my book, Human Devolution, I have a chapter on the cross-cultural study of cosmologies, where I look at the cosmological ideas and concepts Mm -hmm. underlying uh, about 30 different wisdom traditions, cultures, religions that have existed down through history in different parts of the world. And I find they have some common features, uh, namely that we're not alone in the universe. We're part of a whole cosmic hierarchy of beings with a supreme conscious intelligent being as as the source of everything. Uh, I find that almost every religious tradition has some concept of of a conscious self that is different than the body made of matter, a conscious self that can survive the death experience. So I like to focus on those commonalities and not get into trying to claim that I have some exclusive kind of monopoly on on truth. I have gotten a lot of my inspiration from my studies in the ancient Sanskrit writings of India, mm-hmm. but I think similar insights can be found in all of the world's great religions. And in my book, Forbidden Archaeology's Impact, I documented the different kinds of reactions to my work that have come from scientists, from religionists, In the section of the book about religionists, I've documented positive reactions to my work that have come from people of all different faiths, whether we're talking about Islam or Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism. Uh, But I think that may be because of the way that I've approached these questions where I try to focus on commonalities rather than differences. What attempts have been made directly, I mean, besides the the going to the different uh, venues and having members of the scientific community within the, the university try and keep you out, 
What what has been made to directly suppress your work? Well, there yeah, there have been some interesting things that have happened over the years. In in nineteen ninety six I was a consultant for a documentary called The Mysterious Origins of Man that aired on NBC. Mm-hmm. It was hosted by Charlton Heston. And the documentary featured my work, the work of others in the alternative science field. And when scientists in the United States learned that NBC was going to show this documentary, The Mysterious Origins of Man, on Sunday, a Sunday evening during prime time, they tried to get NBC to not show the program. And they weren't successful. NBC did show it. But then this group of scientists went to the FCC, the Federal Communications mm-hmm. Commission. Right. And you know, they tried to get the FCC to investigate NBC, censure NBC, fine NBC a good amount of money. I'm I'm happy to say that they weren't successful in doing that, but I've documented all of these attempts in my book, Forbidden Archaeology's Impact. There you can find all the emails and things that were sent to the FCC and all of that, documenting these attempts to suppress this work. And I think the reason they were trying to do that is because they were very upset that children especially who'd be going to school and learning from them their account of the story of human origins and antiquity they were very upset that those same children would be going home turning on the television and seeing something that directly contradicted what they were being taught in school so yeah there there are attempts like that to try to suppress my work and the work of others. Michael, we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, what are your final thoughts? What are your what message would you like to give to the Exxon Nation tonight? My basic message is we need to think carefully who we are and where we came from because the answers to those questions are going to determine the kinds of values that we have, the kinds of goals that we have, the kinds of objectives that we have in our lives. So I think we've got to give a lot of attention to that, that we have a correct understanding of who we are Mm -hmm. and where we came from, because that is going to determine where we're going to go. And if we allow ourselves to be influenced by this idea that we're just machines made of matter in competition with each other for survival. We're just accidents of a purely blind material process of evolution. That's going to affect our goals and our values and our quality of life in a very negative way. Michael, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us again. Continued success. And as always, I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the Exxon. Until then... Take care of yourself, my friend. Thank you. 
ExoNation, for more information on Michael Cremo, visit his website, www.mcremo.com. That's M-C-R-E-M-O dot com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Thank you. 